Yeah. Three, two, one, contact. Here we are. <laughs> but it's more of a, a one-on-one. Or it is a, a one-on-one. Two, two to one. I don't no, know what it I is. I don't do math on Wednesdays. Especially not the third Wednesday of the month. No, that's a no math day. That's when we just talk. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm good. I'm good. It's so, so good to see you. You too. It's it's Lisa, Lebanese dream machine over here. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Joe... Um, no, you have nothing. You know, Sorry. Yeah, no. I'm we'll just, come up with I'm something. Don't worry. I've got curly hair. Joe with the curly hair. Okay. Well, there you go. Joe with the good hair. Little mm. Beyonce reference. Joe with the good hair. Right? So we're here, and Shiloh's not with us because he is at our Portland site, um, which I think is where I was two times ago. I think so. Yes. So shout out to Shiloh. We yes. miss you. Hello, hello, hello. He's he's down there trying to, you know. Rock and roll. And I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true or not, so tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, the mysterious Kevin. Is he He in might town? be lurking. <gasps> Will he make an appearance at some point? Not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. Not Maybe. Tonight. But at some it's point possible. on the show, that he, would be great. He might come back. It's and if awesome. you don't know, uh, the intro music with the person with the nice announcer voice, that's Kevin. He's our, our sexy voiced co-host who has not been here. He Except left us. <laughs> for every show. We have abandonment intro. issues. Yeah. So, <laughs> we love um, you. Come back. Come back, Evan. Please. So anyway, yeah, it's it's the third Wednesday of the month. We're here. Um, three to one radio, as you heard. People's Harm Reduction Alliance. And we're going to talk about some serious stuff this time. We are. We're going to we get are. into the weeds of things. We so are. I have been hearing some reports. Um, I'm sure you have been hearing and addressing some reports about Fentanyl. Oh, yeah. So, hot topic. Yeah, hot topic, right? So what, it's weird when something kills people. It's becomes a hot topic. <laughs> not in a good way. No, no. Not like the, the cheesy store from the malls. But what's, what's going on with this fentanyl stuff? What oh. is fentanyl? So fentanyl is an opioid, but it's very strong. Um, it can be, it's a lot stronger than heroin, as an example. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk about like how many times stronger it can be than heroin. People say 30 times stronger. People say 50 times stronger, that sort of thing. Um, but really, we don't know. It kind of depends on where the fentanyl is coming from, you know, where it's being produced, that sort of thing. So maybe like the concentration. Sure. Of course. How much are you putting in there? That sort of thing. So I heard I heard somewhere, and I can't remember where, but I heard um, reports like people, uh, um, law enforcement, mm-hmm. um, as they're confiscating things, uh, were touching fentanyl and then um, overdosing sure. or dying. Is that, is that an urban myth? Is that a real thing? Let me get in real close here. That is false. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, there, it, it all originated from one story. Um, and that was a story that was put out. And I can't remember. And I'm awful about these things. But I can't remember Did it exactly. come from Florida? It may have. I feel like most stories that are unbelievable but yeah. could have some semblance of it's realism possible. are from Florida. For some reason, I'm feeling like it came from the Midwest. But, you know. Isn't that in Florida? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it should be. They should just move the whole thing to the Midwest. Um yeah, so it, it, I mean, it definitely came from a small, rural, sort of conservative area. And there was a big story that sort of became, you know, a huge thing on the Internet, of course, because that's where we all look for our news these days. Um, <laughs> and it, you know, and the story basically said that 
multiple law enforcement officers had overdosed from touching fentanyl at a place where there, you know, was an overdose and they'd gone in. Um, and so what had happened, they actually retracted the story later. Oh, but you know okay. when, yeah, there, there's actually, if you go and Google the story, find the original story, there's a retraction there. Basically saying that they're, they went out and they they got medical attention, da-da-da-da-da. And it was basically the knowledge that fentanyl was in the place was making the law enforcement officers have sort of panic attacks. Oh, so it wasn't actually the substance itself no. or the drug. It was the fear of the substance, which is a good caveat to what we're talking to here, I think. <laughs> um, so you can't, you cannot overdose by touching fentanyl in its powder form. Now, okay. there are fentanyl patches, and those are to, made you know, to be absorbed through the skin so you can... And that is more of a medical use. That's a medical use, yeah, generally for cancer and those sorts of things, like high, you know, uh, pain issues. Um, but, you know, those aren't... I mean, you ha you're going to know it's a patch, you know, <laughs> or sections of a patch. I mean, but the powder... It'll be on you. Yeah. So the powder is not... There's no risk of actually touching the powder and overdosing, which there's actually a video online from some harm reduction folks, like showing you this they, okay. they have fentanyl they're touching it they're like this is what you know when they're testing it and that's another good caveat for what we're talking about fentanyl test strips um and it's you know it's fentanyl and they're not overdosing so i think uh the big call these days is to try to debunk that because what had happened is you know people are scared and mm -hmm. i understand that there's a lot going on there's an opioid crisis there's people overdosing they're dying it's people's kids people are freaking out but you know when it comes to what we need to be scared of, what we need to, you know, basically stop from happening is, you know, what we're doing in harm reduction, which is just, you know, making sure we know the facts. And I think that's the most important part. So speaking of, do you have some facts of what's going on with fentanyl? This um, is the only time in my life I'm going to hold up a piece of paper <laughs> and read from it. So I want you to visualize Wait, <laughs> me doing this. Let, let me set the tone. Um, mm. The lights are low. They are not. There's some nice. very white playing in the background. Okay. We've got a scented Ooh. candle. This is not a sexy uh, <laughs> time. I don't know. Where, I don't know where your head's sorry, at. Sorry. Joe with the curly. Joe with the good hair. With the good hair. Um. All right. No, um, some facts. Okay. So I. So we're gonna say some facts here. Uh. So so fentanyl, as I said, is an opioid, and and you can overdose from it if you ingest it. Um. It's very strong. Um. So, the chances of overdosing from it if it's in your drug, are pretty high. Um, so these are some statistics, because we love those here. We do. Um, so between mid-June to mid-September of 2019, 141 suspected and confirmed drug overdose deaths have occurred, compared to the 109 overdose deaths that occurred in the same period in 2018. So that's a pretty big jump. That is a big jump. It's a pretty big jump. And considering the amount of just overdose deaths from, you know, opioids in general uh, uh, illicit you know. substances in general well, well this is true substances in because general. i mean side note but like overdose from methamphetamines and stimulants is on the rise and i believe that it recently it's it may have surpassed opioid overdose which is a scary thought i will post that to our page because i have that graph okay <laughs> that was released yeah so that that was alarming to me because i had no idea that we were even working on the streets with people, I had no idea that we were we had come to that point. So that's just an interesting. 
I've been hearing anecdotally mm-hmm. um, or stories, I should say, um, that meth use is is a now a thing. Oh yeah, which is interesting because meth use has always been a thing. Sure, um, but I think it's been um, uh, more more out there. Than oh yeah, it has been before. I think we sort of had like in the the early 2000s it was like meth was the thing the thing the thing and then it it, it went away so to speak i'm doing quotes with my fingers um because it's always been around but it just hasn't been in the news no and i mean i think what we see on the streets and what is in the news are two different things a lot of the time yeah i think they eventually get in the news but you know we see things real time and that's different so you know, especially with methamphetamines, just to touch on that. I mean, they are easily accessible and they're cheaper than anything else. So, of course, they're going to be on the rise. I mean, if that's the cheapest thing you can get to sort of check out or to, like, deal with whatever you're doing, especially if you're homeless and you're, like, going to deal it, with things. Or survival, yeah. right? Like, if you're, you're homeless, you want to stay awake, you want to stay yeah. alert, you want to make sure that you're not... You your stuff stolen. Stolen, sure. robbed or assaulted um, or... Or just messed with these days. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's a thing. And I think, you know, they're also used in tandem a lot. And it's like, I'm using this to stay awake at night. I'm using methamphetamines. I'm using stimulants. But then at some point I want to sleep. I want to come down. Mm-hmm. So then you will use, you know, something that's a depressant. And an opiate. An opiate, alcohol, whatever. So drugs, I mean, there's no unicorn where somebody's just using one thing. You know, it's generally multiple things. I know a few people that just drink coffee. Well, yes. So that that is a drug. It is. It's a legal drug. It is. Or <laughs> like that, alcohol. Right. And exactly. weed. Or and cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes, yes. All those things. Um, candy. And candy. Delicious. Sugar. Pagliacci's pizza. Okay, yes. Food. Food can certainly <laughs> be put in that category. I think we both know that. Um, so anyhow, I you know, it's, it's interesting that... Uh, you know, meth is on the uptick and stimulants is on the uptick. And I think that we'll talk about that more in other shows, like just trying to apply what we're doing with opioids to stimulants and trying to kind of come at it from a harm reduction angle. But it becomes more complicated. Right. So back to the fentanyl. Yes. Sorry for that aside. Let me pick up my paper again. <laughs> Let me get those lights low. Get that Barry White on. Barry, can you start playing? Got a got a leather candle burning. <laughs> oh, not the leather candle. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so, so again, there's a there's an uptick in actual uh, overdoses from fentanyl. So that was our first uh, fact situation, as it says on here. <laughs> uh, and so uh, the second thing is, uh, despite a large number of suspected overdose deaths pending toxicology, because I can read, <laughs> uh, have not yet been confirmed. That's what that. Uh, the year-to-date number of fentanyl-involved overdose deaths in 2019 has nearly surpassed the total number that occurred in 2018. And we're in October. Right. So we're not even... We're not done. We're not done. So we've got a couple few months left. And a lot can happen. That is concerning. And and again, we take how many people are just overdosing in general Mm -hmm. every month. I think that's, that's pretty alarming. I mean, you know. And, I you know, again, there's been this can impact anyone really you know uh so in your fact sheets does it tell you who it might be impacting hmm, i bet it does (laughs) um yeah i think i'm going to continue on in my next fact and then i'm going to hit on that afterwards perfect how does that sound that sounds good (laughs) 
So, so of the 65 fentanyl-involved overdoses in 2019, uh, seven of those occurred among persons 18 years or younger. So, of course, when you're a teenager, you're experimenting. We all know this. Right. Like, probably with drugs, probably with sex, all these things, you know, um, which I think is, you know, we know that, and that's where harm reduction comes into your life, I feel like. You right, know? like that's With sex normal. ed, with condoms, and those, because that's all part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so nearly all fatal fentanyl overdoses occurred among people who are housed. So I think that's an interesting. Wow. So we're seeing yeah. not only um, an increase or, or, or uh, we're seeing younger folks. Sure. Um, overdosing, fatally overdosing on fentanyl, but also people that are living uh, in houses. Sure. So maybe not accessing some of the services that, that you provide. Yeah, I think a lot of people who are housed don't think that harm reduction applies to them Hmm. because of the narrative around it, which is sort of that hot spot. Like, let's talk about homelessness. Let's talk about, you know, mental illness and these things that you see very clearly in front of you. And you're like, okay, obviously the syringe exchange is going to be there. They're going to do overdose prevention, all these things, which is great. But if you're sort of using on occasion or just going out and partying and using and these things you don't feel like that applies to you you know so it's sort of the the average um i don't want to say joe because you're joe used way with too a good much <laughs> so i'll say the average alfie yeah i mean you know there's a lot of those out there the, the um, average housed person that doesn't necessarily think like oh like i'm just gonna like have like a weekend where I'm having fun I'm with yeah. my friends. I'm doing this. Sure. It's fun. I don't have to worry about um, the risks of those people. Right. Because I'm not like living on the streets or whatever. But, you know, it's the, like the typical sort of risk factors sure. that people look to. But when you're taking anything, you know, that's not regulated, you don't know what's in it. And so you think you're safe because you're housed, because you, you've got a little privilege and you think, okay, I have this like buffer. But you're probably getting the same thing that everybody else is getting, you know? I mean, that's the reality. So I think the fact that fentanyl overdoses are sort of hitting people who are housed more so than not housed. I mean, that says something. I think, I mean, I don't know for sure, but what my thought process is, we're getting, we're reaching folks who are unhoused, and they're accessing our harm reduction tools, like fentanyl test strips, like Narcan, these things, and they're not dying. But what about these other people who don't access our services? Because again, with stigma, that's a huge thing. When you're housed, you have a job, you're doing these things, and you're just sort of partying. You don't want to come in out yourself. Right, so when we talk about sure. stigma, we're yeah. talking about like not wanting to let uh, your community or your people know or yeah. your family or your job know that sure. you are you're having fun on the weekend or Absolutely. you're partying on the weekend and so, so that's you where, hide that. yeah you hide it and that's where the stigma comes in and that's where the barriers come in to accessing harm reduction so if you got to go to the exchange you got to go there you got to be there people Risk might see seen, you right? people you know might be like volunteering there they might be working there i mean again there's a confidentiality that we all apply to our daily lives but that doesn't mean that there's not fear Mm -hmm. you know when you go in fear of fear of losing 
everything that you have and fear of ending up in the place of the people that you see every day who are sort of like zeroed in on, which I think, you know, those folks are the most seen because, you know, they're outside when you're using in your house, house, (laughs) when you're using in a club, when you're doing, this is a different level of drug usage. This is a privileged level of drug usage, you know? When I would think, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm drawing on my memories of 80s and early 90s oh, Lord. movies. All right. Um, <laughs> but you know, like, oh, you're in a club setting. You know, you go into the bathroom. You go into a stall. Sure. It's glamorous. It's fun. You're having a bump and a key thing. Sure. And, and everything's fun. And you meet the man of your dreams and go home and everything's great. Yeah. But you get married and you stop using whatever. Yeah. Sure. Right. Whatever. Right. But you know, if you if if. <laughs> If that's your only, if that's what you're doing, you don't have the exposure to information that could help protect you. And you don't even know this stuff. Right. Because you're not accessing services. You're not. So, I mean, again, having these conversations is really important. I mean, I think, you know, it's, I mean, again, and it says right after that, you know, fentanyl involved overdoses are occurring all over the country, often in suburbs and residential areas. And so, out, not outside of the urban. That's accurate. I mean, you know, again, with People's Harm Reduction Alliance, like we have mobile units and we serve, you know, the east side, for instance, in King County, you know, Kirkland, Bellevue. Um, no, I thought Victoria do drugs in those areas. Did you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no straight face in the studio. Sorry, folks. Yeah, yes. it's obviously we I think we all know better than that, but. Um, you know, that it's it's a different it, it's in the mornings doing outreach to folks who are experiencing homelessness and struggling with these things. And then in the afternoons, it's the east side where it's a very different group of people, you know, and it's not just young kids or this and that. It's like it's it's just runs the gambit of everyone. Maybe a suburban soccer mom. Lots of lots of people living in the suburbs. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is interesting that that. There's again, and it comes back to stigma, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like there's there's an issue or there's a thing that's going on within our community, but we don't want to talk about it. Sure. We don't want to address it. We don't want to deal with it because it's um, you know it's seedy or it's ugly or it's just it's other people. It's not us. Well, yeah, it is ugly when people die and when yeah. it can be prevented. I agree, and it can be prevented, even if it's fentanyl. It can be prevented. So what? What do you do at the People's Harm Reduction Alliance to help protect people or make sure. people a little bit more more aware of what might be going on? Well, I think sure. I mean, the first thing is having a conversation about what's going on with people's usage. You know, I mean, those conversations differ um, between people who are experiencing homelessness and people who are housed. You know, because it's and obviously you have to fill feel someone out because people don't always want to talk about their usage you know Mm -hmm. but a really great caveat we have for that is our fentanyl test strips that we give out and so what this is is it's just a little strip in a package and they come in a little kit one strip and it's got a little like bowl thing and then it has a little sterile water and so what you would do with this is you would take like a salt grain size of whatever you're going to use um and it can be anything um, so it could be um, it could be uh, heroin, heroin. It could be a pill. It could, could be a be pill. A, could be a cocaine. Powder. Could be methamphetamines. Could be MDMA. Could be anything. 
Okay. It, it can test anything. So you want to take about a salt grain size of what you're using and put it in there. And then you want to put the sterile water in. Now it's not a lot. You don't need a lot of water. So you're just going to put the whole, there, it comes with a little tiny sterile water. Um, and then you're just going to open the test strip and put it, kind of soak it in there, get it real soaked in. And then I just place it on top of the little bowl that it comes with. And you wait for five to 10 minutes. Now it can take as much as like 10 minutes. Sometimes it's, it says five, but it can be 10. Um, so it that varies. seems like a long time. It is a long time, mm-hmm. but that's the issue. It's like when people are ready to use what they're going to use, they're ready to use it then. Mm-hmm. Um, so having the conversation with people like, Hey, if you're going to get this and you're not going to use it till the night or you're, you know, um, uh, right when plan. you right when you get it, yeah, make a plan. Right when you get it, test it. And right when you get it, you know, if you feel comfortable with the person you're getting it from, test it with them so they can know too, you know. And so then information is, you know, power, powerful. I just slammed Knowledge on the is table. Power. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's good. To know personally, but it's it's good to have other people around you know as well. Because generally you're going to be going through the same person, getting the same stuff, that sort of thing. Um, so we have a conversation usually about that. Um, how, you know, like everybody in one area that you might be seeing people in, they're getting it from the same place, right? So In terms of like the, the same source of whatever sure. substance. Is, yeah, is, generally. Is yeah. Right. So then you can sort of suss out like oh then we have a conversation about did you get a fentanyl test strip and did you use it was it positive what did you test and then we can have a conversation about like have you known anybody else around here who has used these like is you know and people will open up because they're worried they'll be like oh i heard this happened last week to this person and it was from the same batch and so you can start to get a good idea of like where these like hot pockets of fentanyl, you know? Um, and then you can start to communicate that to other people in the area and give them the test strip and be like, Hey, just so you know, like there's been a lot of positives, this happened, you should take a test strip. And so it's more like we have this, you should take one rather than you have to ask for it sort of thing. So now, um, I've heard, um, from doing research on the interweb, um, that um, that messages have gone out that that locally, um, fentanyl has been seen mainly in, um, or, or, or I should say, um, fatal overdoses sure. due to fentanyl have been sure. seen mainly in pills and powder. Sure. So. Um, how does that relate to the work that you're doing in terms of of stuff that may not be Maybe not using pills, maybe not using powders, maybe it's just opiates. Like, mm-hmm. Is it still, do you still feel like it's a, a useful tool? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's it's something that people want. Um, and I feel like when people want something and they think it's useful and it's giving them the power to make decisions about their usage, then you should definitely have it available. Because it um, sort of opens that door of absolutely. communication absolutely. And, and information sharing. Yeah, and also consistency. Once you have something available, I mean, I feel this way about 
you know, like the sites I do. And also I think as a larger organization, we feel this way. Once you have something available, you should keep it available. Like consistency is important because if it's there, it needs to just be there. You know, so once yeah. you introduce it, it's like you've committed to having it. Right. You know, um, so within like offering it to folks, it's been a mixed bag. I mean, it's generally, yeah, pills are a big one. And those can be a little hard to test sometimes because they're street pressed. There could be fentanyl hotspots in the pill. You know, <coughs> what, excuse me, what does that mean? Hotspots in so the pill? So what it means is like, Maybe if you're cutting something with fentanyl, it hasn't been mixed in well enough. It's not consistent throughout the entire pill. So if you kind of uh, shave so like off. One side yeah. may have the fentanyl, sure. one side may not, or yeah. the top part may be negative. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So I think that's something that, you know, we struggle with, with testing pills. It's like, we still encourage people to do it. Um, but I think just coming from a space where you're like, I'm just going to. If you're going to do it, I'm just going to assume that there could be something in here. I think just coming from that viewpoint initially mm-hmm. and being like, I'm going to do less, I'm gonna do a little bit and see where I'm at. And that's part of the conversation that you're having yes. with folks. Yes. Okay. So I, you know, if they are doing the test and it comes up positive, you know, we just say do way less than you would normally do. Do you're injecting it, do a test shot. If you're snorting it, just do a, a little bit. a test shot, what is that? What's so that? just be a little bit more water and less substance. So don't do what you would normally do, obviously. Oh, um, okay. Do a lot less than that. Just see where you're at. So sort of like when you're at a new Mexican restaurant. Test it out. And see where you're, you're at. you're testing out the salsa. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do a little, a little dip toothpick. of this. Yeah. To see. Okay. see where you're at. I like that. That seems yeah. very rational and very but applicable you know, to the world. Harm reduction. I think that a lot of people who do substances kind of do that anyway, especially when they're doing something new or they've gotten like a new person or something. You know, like they, like I mean, for instance, when I was a young chap, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just threw that out there. Wait, when um, were you a young chap? I don't know. <laughs> Sometime in the early 90s. All right, so um, we're going to have to do another show all about the young chapness yes, of Lisa. Yes, the young chapness. I know, that just sounded I don't know. dirty. Anyway, so, yes, back in the day. Um, you know, and we would, you know, you, we were uh, big on doing mushrooms. That was like our thing. So, oh. yeah, so, you know, you do just like a little, like, okay, I would do, some people just go straight for it, you know, just a little. But I would do like a little tiny bit to okay. see where I was at, you know, because you don't know the potency. Okay. You're getting something off the street. No idea what's going to happen. It's just like a little bit. Give it a little bit. See where you're at. If you're feeling like, okay, I'm do a little more, you know. So I think a lot of people do behave that way when it comes to substances. And it's the same with coffee. And it's the same with. I was just going to say with like um, the, the edible Oh my gosh, yes. Stuff, because right? you're, you're like, like, how much is too much? All of it because it's really strong. Right. Like you have <laughs> one bite and you're like, oh, this is this brownie. Of course, I'm not speaking from experience. Oh, of course but, oh, not. And then you're hallucinating. So good. And, and then like you adventure two time of is them. happening on your yeah. ceiling. And, and then three weeks later, you wake up yeah. in Tijuana. <laughs> Um, again, it's not my experience. Well, it's the same with alcohol too. You know, it's like, I've heard people say like, oh, I don't drink mixed drinks 
because it's not consistent. You know, like the bartenders, uh, whatever. Yeah. So I just drink beer because I eat the same every time. Or you buddy up with the bartender and be a okay, little bit yeah. flirty. But again, that can also, I mean, that's also the thing. Also to some trouble and I could actually tell some real stories yes. about that. But oh, I won't because sure I think Mother Tinsley's listening. Oh my goodness. Hello, Mother Tinsley. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it is real when it comes to comes to that, where it's like, test out what you're doing. And if you are going through someone new, if you got a new batch or something, you know, like, even if you don't have a fentanyl test strip, even if you don't know, and you're going to do it anyway, and you've made that decision, just do a little less. It's going to be there. You can always take more, can't take less. Right. So that seems like sort of a general good message. In of, your life. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Yes. Of course. Yes. You only need... <laughs> One piece of pizza to start yeah. out with instead of grabbing half of it. And yeah, just like calm down. Be all right, you know. But yeah, so we communicate that. The other thing we do is we say, no, you're again, if you choose to use this, even if you know if there's fentanyl in it, because, you know, we can go into the realities of what that means. It's not people being like, I don't care about my life. It's 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 the situation that people are in, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, you know, you've got. If you're in chaotic use and if you're in a position where you're going to be ill or something's going to happen, you know, if you don't have something, you're not in a position where you're like, I'm not going to do this because, you know, you're like, okay, so how do I do this safely? And I haven't heard anybody just go, whatever, I'm just going to do the whole thing. Like, it's not that situation. You know, they do care about their lives. They don't want to die. They don't want to overdose. They want to know how to safely use. And you know, they want to know how to, you know, be better about their their own health. And that's the reality. And that's what people don't see. Because I think the statistic is the general time frame of sort of usage for people when it comes to a lot of substances is five to seven years. And so that's a snapshot in someone's life. If who you knows can, what could be going on in those Exactly. And it's years. usually a chaotic time. You know, it's usually like something's going on or something's happened. You know, there's trauma, there's abuse, there's all these things. So to condemn someone to death because you don't want harm reduction services for these snapshots in people's lives, five to seven years. And there's a whole life there. You know, I mean, it's just... And potential there. Exactly. And it's, and it's like, how many people are we losing who have all these really great things to offer because... We're mad about things that really have nothing to do with harm reduction, with syringe exchange, with Narcan, you know, all these things. And it's and it's more to do with just a larger picture. So I think we all it really is about the larger picture. I mean, that's what we need to look at. So I feel like that is a great subject uh, for a full hour. We'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel like. I yes. feel, and especially when we've got Shiloh here and hopefully Kevin. Kevin, will, Kevin will, can you hear me? Come back. come back. Shiloh will have some things to say about that, I'm quite sure. Yeah, yeah. so I, I want to couch that, but I want to go back to yeah. the, the, the no, fentanyl do. test strips. Um, what I've heard, again, this is all from my, my uh, uh, research on the interwebs, um, that there may be a potential for like false positives. Um, so not necessarily giving... Uh, the accurate inf- uh, or the not I don't say accurate the the correct or precise information. How do you how do you handle that? How does that come into play in terms of like this is a harm reduction tool? Sure. So I think the key word there is 
harm reduction. <laughs> because, <laughs> I set that one right up. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but no, it is. I mean, it, it's we, we don't live in a perfect world where everything's 100% all the time. You know, having tools to, I mean, like with pregnancy tests, you can take a pregnancy test over the counter and it can show you a positive or a negative. But guess what? No one's going to do anything or say anything until you go into the doctor and get that confirmed. So do Fair we enough. get rid of pregnancy tests over the counter because it's couldn't it, there might be some, you know, discrepancies there? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so um, is that just part of the conversation that you guys are having yeah. with folks? So it, it's just like, you know, this is a tool for you to have some knowledge. And, you know, we do discuss with people like you need to use it in this way. Put the salt grain scientists. You know, there's other things where it's like. You don't want to put too much in. You don't, you know, of the substance. Or, the, the mechanics of the sure. actual test. Yeah. And, you know, if for me personally within my organization, if people feel comfortable with me doing the test, then I'll do the test for them and they can hang out. And we can talk about it. You know, um, again, like I've also like I go do shows and I go out and stuff. So I will carry them with me um, and people will, you know, like I'll stumble upon folks in the bathroom doing substances and be like, Hey, can I, can I test that? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be like, I'm crazy. Cause this has happened. Are they and, like, no, we're not sharing. And well, like, just, I don't mean it that again, way. Again, They have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's the other thing. Like they have no idea. Everybody, you know, who's like sees us normally knows about the fentanyl testers, but then there's this whole, especially like really young people going out and stuff. Like they have no idea. They don't even know that this is a thing. You know? right. So I, I, that's a great question, right? So if if this is is something that is affecting folks that are under the age of eighteen, mm-hmm. yeah. um, what are what are some things that you think that we should be doing or could be doing um, to help educate and sort of put this on their radar? Sure. Um, so... With the asterisk. Uh-huh, um, but there are uh-huh. probably some barriers of like, we don't talk about this at our school well, or we don't talk about this in our family or we don't I think I'm going to probably say something that a lot of people are thinking when we're talking about this. It's like this was a conversation that was had with sex ed for many years and still to this day is had. I, I mean, sure. I went to high school in Idaho and we were taught abstinence. There was no sex ed in our high in our high school. So I want to be clear we also had the highest teen pregnancy rate in Idaho but at wait, my nobody, high school. Everybody got taught not to have sex. Yes. So, so that how did, condoms, that sort understand. of. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like makes total sense. Um, but I mean, you know, it, 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 I was fortunate enough to have a very wonderful mother who was very involved in the drag queen scene and was like all about telling me the birds and the bees and what's up. So I was okay. fortunate enough to escape. The Idaho with uh, no babies and like being our being disease free and all these things, you know, <laughs> so it was great. But, uh, you know, I think that w- it was unfortunate. Uh, a lot of people I went to high school with and a lot of people I was close with, um, you know, they weren't so lucky and they had no clue, no knowledge of birth control, condoms, none of these things. You know, it's like people wanted to put them in this box of like your child. You don't need to know this, but we have to be realistic about what kids are doing. Because when I was in junior high and high school, like I sampled drugs like everybody did. It was a normal thing. Well, remember, thing. Mother Tinsley is listening, so I didn't, Mother Tinsley. <sighs> well, I'm talking about myself. Okay, just, so, just to clarify. <laughs> my mom will probably have a coronary, but she doesn't know how to operate <laughs> the Internet, so it's fine. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, it's if we're going to act the same way about this that we did about sex ed and know where that got us. Right. I mean, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. I mean, people who are in high school and even prior to that, they, yes, are young adults, in my opinion. They have the capacity to make decisions. They have the capacity to find what they want. Um, they're going to. You can't stop that. You can try to lock someone in their room, but they're just going to sneak out and do, you know what I mean? Right. So is it better to have a conversation? Is it better to be able to be open and have your kid come to you and ask you questions? Or is it better to, like, repress that? And play the shame game. Right. I mean, because that's not, and so I think with that, it's, I mean, there's been a lot of interest in us coming to schools and talking to people about drug use in a real way. That's not like, yeah, do drugs, but it's like, these are the risks. This is the real thing. This is how drugs behave. Because when people start doing drugs, they don't know anything about drugs generally. Right. You know? right so I would think. And I mean, the most recent sort of very publicized fentanyl overdose deaths were high school kids on a football team in King County. Right. So what does that say? I think we're in a situation where we can ignore, we can shame, we can do all these things all day long. We can be scared or we can step up and be adults and offer support to our youth. Like, what are we going to do? Right. Well, it's interesting. The, the whole idea that if you if you say it like it is, that that somehow green lights, you know, bad behavior, bad decisions, or by giving somebody information and knowledge that's accurate and real, mm -hmm. that then all of a sudden they're going to start doing or participating in that behavior. I mean, I, you're talking about. Are we um, speaking of the E word? Enabling. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But you did. Um, but, but talking about, um, you know, sex ed in high school, I went to an all-boys college prep school. Oh, how uh, was the sex ed in, there? In Arizona. It was ridiculously ridiculous. Mm. And I saw lots of um, cauliflower pictures and broccolis and yeah, scary things. Sure. But not a lot of real accurate information. And I think the idea was like, well, we'll scare you yes. into not exploring this or wanting to sure. do this or, or whatnot and and it doesn't work it didn't work and, and not that i did anything <laughs> bad in high school mother can say um but the idea that if you tell somebody something and educate somebody on something then all of a sudden that door will open and they will go do it right instead of like no here's the facts here's the risks um if you make this decision you know here was here's what could happen sure so uh, arm yourself with knowledge so that you can protect yourself with that knowledge. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things I could say here, you know, but <laughs> I mean, we've we, only got an hour. I mean, we, you know, we educate people on all kinds of things. We educate people on, uh, you know, the dark ages. We educate people <laughs> on, you know, the cotton gin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think that it's influencing people on what to do in their personal lives because if it was we probably wouldn't be doing a lot of the things that we're doing right now in society but when it comes to things but, that have yes. that sort of like moralistic bent or, well there or you tinge, go right there then then it becomes the issue well it's less about educating people and more about that it has that tinge mm. because when you make something taboo 
people are going to want to do it because it's forbidden. Mm -hmm. But when you open up the conversation in an honest way, it normalizes it. It normalizes it, but not in a way where it's like, that's okay. In a way where it's like, that's not a scary, like, but kind of cool thing. You know, it's like, it's this unknown, you know, no one talks about it. So if no one's, it's kind of like a speakeasy. No one knows where it is. Nobody talks about it, but you kind of know about it, but you really want to go because nobody knows where it is and it's super secret. And mm -hmm. like, it's like that, you know, it's, it's just the way we're built. We're like, we're curious about that. What's that about? Like I've heard whispers about it. And then add the, the, you know, age factor. Of course. Where, you know, when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, you think, well, nothing can happen to me. Nothing's happened to well, me Well, your before. hormones are like, going crazy. I you're can just do whatever, like rolling around. Like, I want to try everything. I want to, you know. like Which you, is probably one of the worst times to be like that. Yeah. Because your body is still developing. You have developing no idea what's going on. And your brain is still developing. But you want to take life in. You want to experience all these things in life. Yeah. Right, sure. I and you wait till 31. Oof. Then, yeah, because then you're going to be tired all the time. Right, right. You'll be like, whatever, that's fine. You're like, I'm going to go to bed and see what's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, the British Hi, this show. is full circle. Nice. Like, this is what happens. But I do think, you know, if, I mean, w specifically in this country, obviously, is what we're generally referring to, mm -hmm. um, but the world also. But there are other places where these open conversations are happening. And, you know, there is evidence that that's working and that people aren't. I mean, a good example is drinking. We have these age constrictions in this country that we've had for a while now you know 21 you can't drink but in other countries when you go there drinking doesn't have an age and it's not it's not as stigmatized you know it's like oh we have a glass of wine with dinner whatever i mean in my culture it's really normal to just have a glass of wine with dinner and like it's uh, normal for teenagers to do yeah. it it's whatever again i'm lebanese we like to party but <laughs> no, but it, but it's not but, necessarily but it's not considered partying. Right? It's actually considered a, a social faux pas to be drunk and out of control of your wits. It's not okay, and that's not okay in a lot of countries. Here, it's like rite of passage when you're in your twenties to just be like wasted, Oof. and it's you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's like, is this helping us? It, right. But well, do we refuse to look at like evidence? In other countries, I mean, we're I all think about here. we we started this conversation sure. I think last last time or last month um, where we were talking about uh, supervised consumption spaces sure, and sure. various different countries where all of us had been and, and mm -hmm, seen them. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I I just hearing you say that reminded me of when we, uh, I was in Germany with Scott. Hi Scott. Um, <laughs> and we visited uh, a safe consumption space mm. and we were talking about like how normal the neighborhood was, how Oh, yeah. There was no litter. And nope. when we asked about, like, well, discarded syringes, nope. paraphernalia, and they're like, well, why would anybody do that? Yeah, you have somewhere to put it. Like, yeah, why that, would you that put makes it? No sense. Why would you sully the neighborhood? Yeah. And it was like, oh. Yeah, how strange. <laughs> Weird. Wow. Yeah. But well, you know. Sort it, of normalizing it and not yeah. in a glamorous, not a glamorous oh, you way, should but do just this, like, but, like, this happened. Well, the thing is, is it is already normal. It's just accepting. It's part of what we're doing here. Like, you might not like it, and that's fine. You're allowed to have your opinion all day long. But that doesn't mean that you come and you force your opinion on everyone and you make it hard for people to access services and you make it hard for people to ask questions about things when they're curious and you make it hard for your kids to, like, come to you and be curious. You know, and these things, yeah, and these things don't help. 
So I think, and, and the evidence is there. I mean, if high school kids are overdosing from fentanyl, and again, I think it's just, it's an it's awful, and I feel terrible for those families, and I feel terrible that those those poor kids, you know, like it's just. But I wonder if there would have been a conversation about this. I mean, and maybe you could know, it have been when prevented? you can look at these sorts of situations and think, okay, well, what could be a silver lining? Maybe it's that, that that this is the time to start having those kinds of yeah. conversations. Yeah, like let's not and let that happen again. Let's invite some folks in that can have some real talk um, that would resonate with the students. Sure. Uh, resonate with the youth um, and, and provide some information that can protect people. Like let's not research dare, please. Uh, I love and no. dare. Oh my God, of the course. How so ironic. <laughs> Because everyone still wears those, ironically. But I, I mean, know. and Nancy Reagan was so cute. Ugh. Okay. Okay. So, moving on. Oh. Just stop. <laughs> um, yeah, dag rise happened. But uh, <laughs> you know, I just—it's a. Uh, I mean, thinking about because you know I grew up with Dare as well, like mm -hmm. you know, and they would come in, and then they would also have those people come in to talk to the high school kids, the scared straight, you know, scared straight people. I do, mm -hmm. I do remember those. And they just come in and talk about fear and like guess what that didn't deter anyone from doing drugs or trying drugs like all it did was just well we, people would just laugh at them that's generally what happened like let's make fun of this ridiculous person no one's listening and i can't imagine nowadays that with we just had each other to distract us now there's phones like you know what i mean well, like, right now you can really media. check out yeah um but again that's a good caveat because guess what what social media People already know about this stuff on some level. It is true. And kids are definitely plugged in. So they're going to, I mean, it's just ridiculous to think that like your kids just say no. I mean, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with sex. It's not going to happen with drugs. It's not going to happen with a lot of things, you know, I mean, and I would just encourage people to think back to their youth and like what they were told don't, not to do and what they did anyway. Well, and I wonder if that's what might be somewhat of the problem, right? If people sure. are thinking too far back with those rosy glasses, thinking, oh, well, I was they so perfect, I was so good, or no. I really messed up. Like, why don't you ask <laughs> your parents if they're still around, like, what you messed up on, you know? I, I think you'll get a very different answer. But, again, like, having these conversations is super important. Having the conversations within harm reduction, but having the conversations, you know, with the youth with your kids and also within schools because the reality is like schools have Narcan. They carry it. Most of them have it. You know, why are we hiding? Let's have the conversation about it because now I mean, people are dying. Kids are dying. Which I mean, is, how far do we have to go? Right. Well, we, and I think, I think again, know, along with the lines of having conversations and being real with folks, not only with, with the youth that are being affected by this this uh, current fentanyl uh, uptick, mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, folks that are listening to our show that are going to shows, sure. uh, going to clubs, yeah. or, or know people that, um, you know, are, you know, using pills here and there on the weekend, weekend sure. warriors, whatnot. Absolutely. Let them know, you know, that there are some risks there, um, that this is a thing. Um, the, the majority of, of as, as 
we said earlier, a fentanyl found um, in fatal overdoses here in King County yeah. has been in pills and sure. powder. So, um, you know, <clears throat> come visit the People's Harm Reduction Alliance and, yeah. and get a test strip and get some education. And talk around, about it. Um, you know, what you can do to protect yourself. Because we want, you know, one of the big themes of our show is always about community and yeah. fostering community and sure. loving our community. And we don't want to see people die. We don't no. want people. We want people alive to help uh, our communities. Grow. Yeah, we 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 want everyone to thrive and be happy and live a full well life that you know isn't sort of stopped early by a couple times of like going out and partying or even you know five to seven years of like you know using something. I mean, it's it's all a snapshot. It's not a forever. It never is a forever. But it is forever, forever if you die. Right. Doesn't you know, have to then be. Then it's forever. forever. Dead people can't get any sort of assistance from anything, any help. So I mean, you know, that's that's really the message. And I think, you know, we can have different opinions on different things about like city council and how we're doing this and da 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 da. But the I don't think anybody wants anybody to suffer and die. I hope not. I I mean, I mean, I feel probably like there is there's some a yeah, couple okay. of Republicans that are super orange with yeah. weird hair that probably okay. do. But. but also, I want to point out that we don't have good mental health services in this country, and that's probably a result of that. Could be I'm trying to have some empathy here, but it's I, not working I so for me. I appreciate that about you. Speaking <laughs> of, um, no, I'm not really speaking of, but to change the subject and pivot ever so slightly, uh-huh. um, we are in October, mid-October right now, yes. and we are embarking on flu season. Oh, yeah, we are. I so just want to put a plug out to everybody um, who is listening who has not gotten their flu shot yet. Please, for the rest of us. Please, please, if you ride the bus, if you ride the light rail, if you go outside of your apartment or house or tent or wherever you are staying, it is highly recommended to get a flu shot, uh, not only to protect yourself, but also to protect others. I myself, That's real empathy. Right? I myself got one um, not too long ago. Mm, I'm getting mine tomorrow. I feel good. Good. I feel flu-free. Flu-free. All right. Um, but while I was at my doctor's office, I did hear um, that they had already gotten their first confirmed uh, case of the, the flu. So Sure. It's, it's, it's starting happening. early. It is here. We're getting to the cold and the wet and the rainy. So it's, it's yeah, do it. And speaking of vaccinations. Speaking of harm reduction, and, right, right. <laughs> and harm reduction of vaccinations. Um, I mean, I think you were talking earlier about hepatitis A. Yes. Being on the rise. And you know that there's a vaccine for hepatitis A and B. And that it's so a, easy to get. Right? It is. I've had it. Have I've you had, had it? it? I have hey. had it. Um, I know that at most public health centers, you can go and get it. Yeah. Um, I've heard a rumor at the downtown needle exchange Ooh. Um, that they have hep A and B vaccinations. I think it's three days a week. I think nice. it might even be Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I like it. What are the hours, though? Uh, one to five. Ooh, I love it. One to five. So that's a good window. I think, y- yes, it is. I mean, I mean, I think, like, there's a lot of places that offer that, that I think also the King County Mobile Medical Unit offers those vaccines as well. They and they come well. up to People's Harm Reduction Alliance uh, twice a month. So every other Thursday. And so it would have been this. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's a Tuesday now. I am wrong. It changed. <laughs> so it's every other Tuesday. But it was uh, 
this Tuesday they were up here. So they won't be here this next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after that. And they're here during our exchange hours, which is 5 to 7. I would bet that if anybody got on the Google machine and yeah, Googled like a public health website. Oh, absolutely. Um, they would have all the info there. Because we are trying to avoid um, a hepatitis A outbreak. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly mm-hmm. among folks that are experiencing homelessness. Yes. Um, because that has been a big thing in other major cities. It has. It has. Um, that has not only affected um, folks that are experiencing homelessness, but also... But everybody else. Everybody else. Yeah, it I mean, can be it's, really... It's a thing um, that is not fun and can be very uncomfortable and deadly and messy. So I th- I'm just like, if you have access, mm-hmm. take that privilege... Take that privilege. Go to your doctor and get that Hep A and Hep B, too, I think, because they come together as a package. And you can also, while you're there, get tested for hepatitis C. That was my next thing. Okay. <laughs> See, we're on Which the there's no way. vaccine for, but it is curable it with is a pill. It is, it is fairly easy. Um, and all of these things can you can be guided to, or most of them you can actually access at, at People's Harm Reduction Lights. So you can sure. go to our website. Uh, so people's What's that? What's harm, that website? Nice. And you can look up our hours. We have multiple sites. Um, generally, you know, you can access all kinds of things through us. Suboxone, you know, syringe exchange. We have Plan B that we give out. If you need Plan B and you don't want to pay the insurmountable amount of money for it, we have <laughs> that as well. Um, you know, basically, if it has to do with your health, we can we can help you out. You can also help people with the uh, methadone, right? We can, yeah. The methadone van stops up here. Yeah. So that's so if you need to know about, like, hey, I live in the U district, I want to get methadone, you can come see us and ask us how to do that. Um, so you don't you don't have to leave the neighborhood anymore. You don't have to go to Soto. You can you can come to the van over here by the syringe exchange. So awesome it. to get yeah, services in the morning in your neighborhood, which is also not a five a.m. situation. It's like in the morning, but not that early. Not that early. Yeah, yeah. So again, you you can you can come down, you can ask us, or you can even email me at Lisa at People's Harm Reduction Alliance dot org. It's really long, but and, yeah. But I can attest that I have emailed you multiple times on I a variety respond. of different things. You are so quick to respond, <laughs> okay. even on vacation. I, oh, which that's then I'm true. like, self care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do great self. What is self harm reduction? That sounds so self harm reduction. I don't know. Wait, that sounds like that might be harmful. <laughs> I'm not great at show. it, but we'll talk about how providers don't take care of themselves on another show. Does <laughs> it say that could be a great topic for another? It's a big show. topic, I think. You know. Um, one thing I just want to check in. So we are in the fall fall season. Do you have yeah. any fun fall plans? Since we're winding down with the show. Well, yes. And I believe it's a couple weeks now. Uh, all of us, well, a good amount of us from People's Harm Reduction Alliance and also um, the Urban Survivors Union, the Seattle chapter, are packing up and heading to St. Louis for the Drug Policy Alliance Conference. St. Louis, they yeah. have uh, arches. They right? do. They do. Yes. Okay. I was scared that I was yes. going to miss that one. So um, Shia will have more to say about it when he's here, but there's a, there's a kind of a big deal drug policy thing going on at that conference. And so... Um, the show when we get back, we'll have a lot of information, what's going on sort of nationally and what's happening with fentanyl and methamphetamines and that sort of thing. And I think it's just, there's a lot of, there's some really great stuff that we get out of these conferences. And I think it's like, 
It's very community. It's very much like what's going on in the East Coast, what's going on in the South, and also talking about where drugs come from in different parts of the country. And it and it is useful to have a snapshot of different places, and it kind of is like telling the future, you know? A like forecasting. Yeah, it's like this is happening here. These are how things generally move. We might we usually see things that we've been spared the like really gnarly fentanyl overdose death numbers mm-hmm. so far but it's we're not immune to it so i think you know convening with all these folks doing all this street level work all over the country and really the world too is very useful in getting information what are you doing here what are you doing there so there's a lot of uh, stuff. sharing of information yeah. so you can adapt different sure. strategies yeah. for local causes i think that's great i think it's also very funny uh just as an aside how Seattle's sort of the last to, to get it's things. Weird, right? um, I know <laughs> way back in like 2003, I think it was, I went to, to Spain mm. and I was like, oh my God, everybody's got mullets here. That's crazy. Why would anybody do this? Oh, fashion Fast is forward, also, yeah. <laughs> like three years and everybody had the like fancy mullet. And I was like, yeah, like, oh, oh, Spain knows what's up. That happened here too. Okay. That, and that was before the internet because really before the internet, that was like, it's less noticeable now, but I feel like, you know, I was going like I went to France in 1999 on my way to go back home to visit. And everybody was wearing the those you remember those like polyester sort of bell bottom stretchy pants, like Spice Girls style. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they had a skirt, the matching skirt with them. I don't know if you remember that. It with was like a short with- trend. Yeah. So it was like the polyester sort of kind of bell bottomy type pants like maybe like a baby blue mm-hmm. and then like a skirt that went over it with like a slit up the side Ooh. also baby blue no this was like Man. a hot ticket for a minute okay. and i remember going to france and everybody was wearing this and i was like that's gross what is that and then a year later back here in the states like, like everybody's got this i remember the trend Delia's that, had it that i didn't understand i totally remember that catalog <laughs> that's so funny i remember um the the flared jeans yeah bell bottom jeans yeah with then like a dress yeah so it's the same concept so the so the, the whole point is is everybody does stuff before us including yeah. drugs so if we pay attention to what's going on nationally <laughs> I think we'll be we'll be in a good seat for that we can we can predict the future that's our power awesome well I'm excited for the next show to hear yeah. all the good things that you've learned and how we can help uh, our community here. I do want to, before we sign off, I want to give a quick shout out. Today, uh, I have been told, is International Boss Appreciation Day. I was surprised at work um, by a card. Oh. And a cake. That was nice. And a t-shirt, which I'm wearing right now in the studio, which you cannot see, but it's got a sampling of my staff smiling at me. I love it. Um, So I just want to do a quick shout out to Marlis and Angelina and Trevor and Kevin and Kara. Oh, yeah. um, For uh, just randomly celebrating me and making me feel like a nice person. So thank you all. I guess I should shout out to Shiloh. Thanks for being my boss. (laughs) Thanks for being being a harm reduction warrior with me. I guess we're going to sign off now. And to our station manager. Bye. Who's the boss here? All right, boss. Bye. Bye. (laughs)